This time I see another day in the dark won't change the way I feel. This is real. Welcome to the 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nicola Felton and John Fouts. While Dr. Nicola is a psychotherapist and certified life coach, a podcast is a one-way street. So please consider this podcast for inspirational purposes only. If you feel you have mental health needs, please seek a professional therapist so that you might find your own mental wellness. So welcome to a brand new podcast. I am John Fouts. You can follow me on Twitter at John Fouts. And this is my co-host, Dr. Nicola Felton. And you can uh, introduce yourself and tell all the media outlets, who, however you want people to actually follow you and, and check out uh, what you think and what you have to say. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Dr. Nicola Felton. Uh, a lot of people just call me Dr. Nicola, and that's fine. Um, there's a couple of emails you can contact me on and John will, uh, tell you the one for 18 degrees and below, but <laughs> you can also write me, yeah, and you could also write me at nlhcw at comcast.net. Now, basically, this is a podcast that I've been wanting to do for years. There's a friend of mine, Mark Lassiter, who is a dentist, but he also does rock and roll music with members of the Foo Fighters and a plethora of other bands. I cannot remember. I'm having a brain fade now. Um, but anyway, this guy started out doing smaller CDs. I think he's maybe on his sixth or seventh album now, but he's just very passionate about music. And so... Um, his theory was why am I mean, not that he didn't have really good local musicians on his CDs, but he decided why not just see if um, all my favorite artists would like to play on my CD. And of course he, he sends a, a, what they call, you know, like a click track and his vocals. And then other people come up with their music and send it to him. He mixes it all together. It's kind of cool. Um, but anyway, he has always had this, uh, you know, like infused in his music back when, his life had had some struggles. I'll leave it at that until we have him on the show. Um, his music had a really blue tone to it, if you will. And but everything that he produced, uh, all his songs were more or less like, "Hold on, hang in there, don't give up, keep moving forward, keep mm -hmm. trying to get into mm -hmm. the light, don't reside in darkness." And so that's really kind of been his his theme, running theme throughout the years. And it's funny, the last two CDs that he has produced, it has been since he met the woman of his dreams, who uh, he's now married to. And so I pick on him because what used to be very, almost like uh, jazz, kind of really, I don't want to call it somber because it had really you know a good beat to it. But on the other hand, he is Mr. Pop now, singing about how happy he is. So it's, it's, it pleases me because Mark and I go way back. Uh, probably maybe a dozen years somewhere in there. Um, but anyway, mm -hmm. the, that's who Mark is as far as his outward persona. Um, what some people don't know, but he's very outspoken about it, is that he is an addict. And he has been clean and sober for, I think, 13 years. So he celebrates that annually. Very cool. Um, and he knows his triggers. He knows how to, you know, he calls it sometimes he'll take a day off. And he said, that's just personal triage. And so the guy mm -hmm. really is just, you know, all about mental health. And he and I have taught numerous times over the years. I've had my struggles over the years. Um, Nicole, I'm sure you have too. In fact, you just uh, were sharing in an email that you just had three uh, deaths in the family. And so we all right. go through these struggles. And I one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was because there's this ignorant stigma 
about mental health in the United States. And my friends over in Europe, hey, I'm feeling down, I'm depressed, I'm this, I'm that, I feel suicidal, whatever. And it's respectable to go find help. In the United States overall, mental health is either, ah, it's like a snake oil salesman or it's, you know, I'd be embarrassed to go, oh my goodness, you know, there's this big stigma. And then you have to to deal with that, you know, when you go back to work, it's like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I can trust you. It's just, it's a big mess versus applauding the people who do get mental health help. So that was why I wanted to do this podcast, just so that more people would talk about it so that there'd be less stigma about it. And in my industry, which is the entertainment industry, For those people that don't know me, I make independent films. I write, direct, produce, edit, all this other stuff. I've been involved with TV shows. Um, And then I got into podcasting, thanks to Stuart, my buddy over in, in the UK. And I wanted people to talk about this because in the industry, um, you're always performing. You're always trying to get the accolades. You're trying to get the awards so you can get the bigger budgets. You're trying to land those roles that'll get you uh, bigger movie roles so you can join the union. And it's just, it's, it's a hustle. It really is. And so rejection is a part of our lives. And I think so many people are thin skin versus thick skin and they start to get depressed. It's like, Oh, well, I don't even know why I try. This is what I'm passionate about and I'm a failure. And so there were so many people that I was bumping into on movie sets that once they heard me say anything about depression or uh, going to see a therapist or whatever, then they're like, Oh dude, let's talk, let's do lunch. Let's, you know? And so all these people are in the closet, so to speak, with their depression or with their anxieties. And so it's my goal to get people talking about it so that it's no big deal. You know, are you hungry? Yes. Um, you know, are you tired from walking up 50 flights of steps? Whatever. I mean, you know, it's those are the casual things. But then, hey, are you depressed? Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm manly man. And that <laughs> is so far from the truth across the board. And so I'm, I'm hoping that this uh, podcast will invigorate change. And so that is why I'm so pleased to have Dr. Nicola Felton as my co-host, because, you know, me, I'm just a wild and crazy guy. But Dr. Nicola, who has a wonderful sense of humor, is also a doctor, so she really knows what she's talking about. So as the disclaimer said, this is for inspirational purposes only. This is a one-way street. We can't hear your comments. Um, You know, so if you need therapy, please go find a therapist. And I think maybe that'll be a topic one of these days. Where we just because that was daunting to me going through a list of 30 people. Who do I choose? Because one could be right. All the rest could be wrong. I don't, you know, so, yeah, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing that. Um, I appreciate that. I love the um, fact that you actually love to to talk and you're very uh, in tune to yourself. And that helps other people that know you open up a little bit more because sometimes that's all it takes is for somebody else to know that you could be or at least understand what they're going through Mm -hmm. um so they're more open to sharing that so Mm -hmm. i was very excited when you um, asked me to join the show and yes i thought you just wanted me to be like you know on one of the shows (laughs) but that's okay i'm very excited to be a a co-host and it's something i've always always dreamed of as well and Coming back from uh, Saudi Arabia, and a lot of people, when they think about um, Muslim, the Muslim community and the Arabic mm-hmm. community, and they think that a lot of things that they go through in life, especially women, I'm speaking from the women's side, um, is that they don't uh, mind being, um, you know, held back. They don't mind being docile. They don't mind being told what to do. They don't mind not having, um, you know, anything that applies to them for as rules and regulations. They're just like 
um, non-existent, more like an animal over there or personal belongings. Mm. Um, however, women uh, over in uh, Arabic communities and Muslim women, they do have a voice and they do feel depression and anxiety and they do get overwhelmed. Um, even with just trying to do the right things, which means doing nothing, uh, mm -hmm. is very overwhelming to them. Uh, and they try to embrace the, embrace the positive things in their life, but it's still a struggle and still overwhelming. I was very surprised being in Saudi Arabia. You think that people would not talk to you. Um, and it started with the homeschool group that I was working on. There were a lot of people that were writing and asking questions. And um, as I got to know um, other people and talking to them and helping them work through a lot of times uh, anxiety and depression, I found there were males as well who were more open to talking to me as a woman because I was an American that they would, <laughs> you know, be open to talking to someone uh, over there, whether it was male female. So uh, I've also found, like you said, you know, where you work in the industry, everybody's trying to, you know, be the best and make the most money. But I found that uh, in our travels, we've met a lot of people that were on the, on the screen, uh, especially when we were in Italy, we ran to a couple of people there and one of them happened to be going through a divorce and struggling with um, a lot of depression at that time, feeling like a failure. And you're looking at this person going, I'm going there, you know, roots for you when you're on there on the silver screen. So it's very, right. very interesting to know that they would go through that and uh, I found myself passing out my cards. And that's when I started to work with, because um, I primarily work with children and young adults, but I started working with professionals who work with others. I found so many therapists, so many lawyers, so many judges, so many police officers um, having difficulty in their life, just trying to live up to somebody else's expectations and standards set for them, trying not to be a failure. And it caused them to have a lot of anxiety. It caused their OCD to go up. Mm. It caused the depression to be overwhelming through the roof. I can't tell you how many professionals who work with people who are struggling with depression and anxiety who themselves have thought about suicide. And that's very scary mm. um, because a person, you know, you, if you go into a person and they're treating you for one thing and you find that they're struggling with the same thing, Sometimes you, you have a connection with them and you think this is going to work because they understand. Other times, the person that's suffering from depression may feel as though they're putting too much information on that person and they're causing them to be worse. And right. that's not the truth. That's not the truth at all. Um, depression is what it is. There's nothing you can say is going to make the person even more depressed. They may feel bad, but it's not going to you know beef up to the point where we're talking about depression right. and suicide. But um, but those those reasons um, I wanted to do the podcast and just just look at a, a mirror of things that um, we can help people work through. And again, yes, if you think you need therapy, go please and see a therapist. I mean, there's many of them that you can Google, and some people will actually sit down and have a first session with you to determine if that's the right person for you. And if mm -hmm. it's not, they'll recommend you to someone else. Um, but at the same time, what I like to see for our show is to be able to create a dialogue and hopefully, you know, have people email things. Well, I was curious about this or have questions about that um, and just be able to give some uh, information where it's, you know, from my own personal experience, from, you know, those we know or just general information that you can use um, that will give you a little bit more insight than just Googling it if you don't know uh, what exactly you're looking for. So mm -hmm. very, very excited um, to be on the show and just be able to talk about great many things and interview a great many people and see different perspectives um, because, you know, there's no cookie-cutter, one-size-fit-all, you know, way to help an individual. Definitely. And, you know, Very for me, when you look at, because I know when I was trying to find a therapist, um, I was going online and, you know, a therapist in a way is like a restaurant. I may right. love Italian, but 
Nicola, you may loathe Italian. So therefore, I may say, wow, this is the best I've ever had. And I give it a five star. Mm -hmm. You give it a one because you just don't like it. You know what I mean? And so don't misjudge your potential therapist by going online because there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like that feels feels like, oh, well, I wasn't helped. And it may be their fault. Maybe there just wasn't a connection. I know I've had some friends that went to the therapist and I was like, what did you think? And they were like, oh, well, I don't know. They're asking me a bunch of personal questions. Yeah, you're supposed to share. And they were like, oh, I'm not telling them that. I was like, how do you, how are you going to get help if you don't tell them? Not to mention that they, they cannot tell anybody else what you tell them, you know? And so to me, that's a prime opportunity to just kind of unload and, and that's what they're there for. But yeah, I just, I, to me, it's daunting to try to find a therapist and I lucked up, did some research and, and you can read bios. I think that was the most helpful to me. And Nicola, you chime in if you can think of any other ways for, you know, like just to kind of to get a head start. I agree with you. A lot of uh, insurance companies will even give you one to five free sessions with somebody. I mean, they'll they'll foot the bill to be sure that you have the correct fit because they I'm glad to see the United States stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, you know what? Mental health is important because I, I believe spirit, mind and body all need to be strong. And mental health in the United States has always been the weakest link. And I, I feel like a lot of people could have lived uh, very, very solid, productive lives. But instead, that that one element was never delivered to them. Right. Yeah, I think the best way to um, determine whether or not, because, you, you know, you may lose a session. But I think the, the best way to determine whether or not a therapist is, is going to work for you is to actually be open and honest in that first session. Mm-hmm. If you are open and that first session, that therapist could tell you, nope, I'm not going to be able to help you, but I can't oh, right. refer you to this person. Right. Um, or absolutely yes, because you may find out five sessions down the road, it's not working for you because you just started to open up. Right. So, uh, you know, therapy is something you have to be ready for. And you've got to say, you know, I, I want to move forward. I want to get better. I want to deal with whatever it is I'm, I'm struggling with. And if, when you're ready to do that, then you're ready for therapy. So mm-hmm. um, that's one of the things... Um, I moved a little bit from psychotherapy to life coaching. Um, it, it helps. Sometimes it works well with therapy. Sometimes it doesn't. But what it does, it allows you an opportunity to make your own choices, um, to kind of score it. You know, this is, these are my goals. This is what I want to accomplish from, you know, this week to the next week. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you haven't accomplished those things, but at least you set goals and you try and you work towards them. Right. It allows you to kind of, um, you know, grade yourself. You know what you need to do. Sometimes... Um, we can drag processes out for a long period of time, and then we'll say, oh, the therapist is not helping. And that's because <laughs> you're taking 12 weeks to say where your last name is. And it's important to be a little bit more open. Yes. And two, yeah. I, we all evolve as humans, both spiritually, mentally, and physically. You know, we age, we change our likes and dislikes. And um, I remember years ago, um, after our family dealt with some trauma and I saw a therapist and he was telling me to take stock in these things that I knew I did good. You know what I mean? As far as I did everything that I could um, in that situation. And I, you know, but, and those things are great. But on the other hand, I moved beyond that. And then I couldn't lean on those, those crutches just kind of uh, fizzled away. And because, you know, I had to find out more um, about, where I was and what I really need to take stock in because there's to me, there's like a detent of who you are at your core. And this isn't really subject to change with, you know, like I like church. I don't like church. I love red. No, now I love blue. There's like a core to you that to me, 
um, and correct me with you know if you if you want to add to it or whatever. But I just feel like you need to find out who you are so you can be true to yourself and move forward uh, with confidence. Exactly. Yeah, there, there's definitely a core self, and we don't always know um, who that is. We spend mm-hmm. a lot of time trying to please other people and make <laughs> everyone else happy, and, um, and we we lose ourselves, and we don't know yeah. how to how go back to find but that core person is a person that you that makes yourself happy uh it can be doing something silly it can be not doing anything at all but mm-hmm. it's that that inside of you that that makes you happy oftentimes when things happen to other people will say you know what could i have done to make that better and that's not your lesson that's not your your life uh, your goal you're just kind of a part of that mm-hmm. but it's theirs and we can identify what's theirs and what's yours uh, it'll, it'll help you find out who you really are. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that idea of finding your core self. I mean, it's important to congratulate yourself when you you know have accomplishments and mm-hmm. you know you're doing things, especially when you're helping other people. But then when it comes down to your, your personal stuff, you have to know who you are deep down mm-hmm. on the inside. Because if you don't <laughs> love yourself, whether you're getting the applause of everybody or whether you're sitting at home alone thinking, wow, I, I don't have any projects to work on. If you don't love yourself, then you will not make it through that. And I think that exactly. was something that, you know, it challenged me. I grew up, uh, I mean, like when I was three, I already had an eye for drawing and people could tell exactly what I was drawing and, and all this. And I get that the art talents kind of passed down from my dad's dad. But I grew up hearing, oh, you're so talented. You, you have, you're artistic. You're this, you're that. And so that kind of became me. I under I, I learned... Uh, what I could do to get applause. Now, of course, those are my natural talents. So that was the conflict in that, you know, I have all these talents, um, but yet, you know, do I use them for, you know, to to drive myself forward or do I just keep tossing out and getting applause? Because those applause times really slow you down, but they're addicting simultaneously, you know? So, you know, when I was winning awards for movies I directed and I was like, yeah, I I don't, to me, if you're not hungry, you don't really move forward. So you have to kind of find those things that do make you hungry, that aren't going to change, that do drive you forward so that you do continue to experience new things and, and conquer new ground. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, you know, it's so interesting to, um, to hear you speak. I think I have spoken to you a while, but I like some of the terminology that you have. Because some of the people that I work with um, actually struggle with um, trauma and eating disorders. And when you have that terminology, you know, if you're not hungry for it, it's very, it's very interesting. But there's a, um, there's a way to be hungry for, for life itself. And mm-hmm. you're right. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you can feel that just sitting around doing nothing, which is mean, means being alone, being relaxed with yourself. So if you don't mm-hmm. love yourself, it's, it's very overwhelming um, to be doing nothing. Cause then you start thinking that, you know, you're not good enough and um, you're worthless and it right. comes into a whole lot of other feelings and all, you know, all, all you need to do is just relax. Um, mm-hmm. And some people don't know how to do that. That 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 means they're not being productive and and they're not they're not worthy. So right. very interesting. Yeah, because I, I know there some of my most produ- productive moments were times when I was meditating, and for the rest of the world, whoever would find me, they would just see me sitting there completely silent, and I was meditating for 30 minutes, and it would drive somebody like my dad crazy, because my dad's a workaholic, um, versus me, I'm sitting there, and I am ministering to myself, 
you know, and I'm sorting through things and I am once I'm through with my meditation, then I am much more able to handle the rest of the day. So it's time well yeah. spent, but everybody perceives things differently. They want to, you know, how many medals you have on your arm or uh, awards on your shelf or how many kids do you have? How clean is your house? And all these levels of judgment are from the other person and you need to understand yep. that they're they're just bringing their own shortcomings if you will their own problems their own baggage to you and trying to to pull you down with them so they don't feel so lonely instead of allowing you know the positive people to kind of pick them up and say hey you know what let's let's go outside and have some fun today versus cleaning house let's you know let's go out and eat lunch with somebody that you haven't seen in a while just little things that's, I think it's important for people to, to know when you said, you know, when you're talking about judging, is that they're measuring you with their own measuring tape and on their own scale. That's yeah. what to do with you. And you start thinking, maybe I'm not doing enough. It's feeling a little bit inferior. It's like, oh, wait a minute, I have my own measuring. I'm actually doing pretty good. Yep. Um, and you have, to be able to, you have to be able to say that. So yeah. I think it's pretty when you talked about your talents, because you are very talented. Um, oh, thank you. It's actually rare that you find someone who, when they're children, and like you said, you know, applause is, is slowing you down, and you're stopping, and you're like, oh, that's great, because you like the applause as a child. <laughs> I think it's pretty awesome rare that you find someone who grows into that like you have and realize that those really are your talents, and it's okay to actually stop and accept applause and then move on. Mm-hmm. So. Because a lot of people um, get caught up with other people having higher expectations of them than they think they can achieve. Mm-hmm. So, it's pretty and good. It's what it was the saying: you'll you'll never please everybody all the time. And that's true. Exactly. And if, when you accept that, you, you're okay. Because it's, uh, I've been watching uh, Daredevil on Netflix. We enjoyed season one, and season two has The Punisher, which I'm a big fan of the Punisher comics. And um, and I think that they really did a great job just with everything. I'm so pleased with season two. And Michelle and I finished watching it last night. And, uh, but, you know, like I looked it up, I, like just every so often on Twitter, I'll see, hey, what, is, what do other people think? And somebody said, oh, this is subpar. They may have gotten the Punisher right, but they didn't get Electra right. And I'm just like, wow, some people just hate. Some people are like, oh, well, the camera angles were too low or too high or whatever. And to me, I, I just I see it as artwork. My grandfather, my dad's dad, uh, was an illustrator back before he went to work at the New York Times. And this guy just had a different way of, of looking at the world and the way he would capture specific colors and then put some details and then let the mind fill in the rest. And one of my favorite... Uh-huh. Uh, college professors, uh, Mr. Jones, um, he was phenomenal with the way he would add all this color into doing a portrait or whatever he was painting. And it would look like crap for the longest time. And then he would just, and it was perfect. And all the colors made sense finally. And the way everything, the details or the lack thereof, and it was just beautiful, beautiful work. That guy was so talented. And I learned so much from him, both both on an artistic side as well as a spiritual side. And uh, just, I don't know, it, it's it's awesome when you can have that kind of mentorship in your life. You're very fortunate to find that. Mm-hmm. I think everyone needs a mentor, no matter who mm-hmm. you are. Uh, I still have a, a mentor, and I think it's just very important to know, especially when people, if your mentor is a good mentor, the people have come into their own, mm-hmm. they, have, they don't have to have a, a you know, a PhD or right. gone to medical school or law school. They just have to have a wisdom to help you find yourself mm-hmm. and to be okay with mm-hmm. um, someone who's encouraging and uplifting to you. 
uh, and just, you know, the positive aspects in your life. And when you're struggling, that, you know, they're there for you as well. And they know, you know, and understand what you're going through. So very important to have a mentor. I think everyone should have that. That keeps us with healthy people in our lives. So, mm-hmm. so, I, so we, I, yeah, I, we, we surround ourselves sometimes with people that are not healthy. Right. <laughs> right. And that'll be a whole nother podcast in its entirety. Those, those are the people that, uh, you know, the destructive crutch, that's I refer to it. Because there's, there's like yeah. you were saying, if we're in a plane crash and everybody survives, I don't want to paint a morbid picture, but I mean, like, you know, still we're shook up, right? You know, they, they landed the plane in the Hudson River and we're okay, but still, holy crap, I don't right. know that I want to fly ever again, you know? And so we could all huddle together and because we have that relatable experience, then we have empathy, easy empathy towards each other, right? And, uh, but that's not where we need to stay. You know, because at least one of us needs to fly. Hey, Joe flew. I can do it. You know what I mean? And so in life, if we cannot choose to stay in the cave, we've got we we have to leave, get out into the light and just move forward and encourage everybody else to do the same. Which while we're while I'm on the light topic again, I know I've hit that numerous times. What is in the name 18 degrees below horizon? I wanted to find something that really kind of summed up um, my hope that people will be encouraged by this podcast and hang in there. I have a friend who um, I knew for 25 years. This Sherry was so close to me. Um, I don't think her family would mind me mentioning her name. Um, She suffered from depression and eventually took her life. And that was so hard for me. And I realized even the people you think are so successful, like Robin Williams, here's somebody that seems to have it all. You know what I mean? And and I admired him. Number one, if there were there's a very small handful of people that I really wished I could have bumped into in, in L.A. and shook their hand and say, thank you for making me laugh. And Robin Williams is at the top of that list. Um, but I mean, you know, here's somebody who had the ability to make everybody else laugh while he was crying inside and eventually he took his life. And so I, I'm hoping that people listening to this podcast may say, Hey, I'm not alone. I'm going to call so-and-so some friend, family, somebody who isn't going to judge someone they feel comfortable with or call the hospital. Um, my son doesn't mind me sharing part of his story. There were numerous times where he felt like he was going to kill himself and he went to the hospital and called me from there. I didn't even get in, you know, not that I wouldn't have driven him because I I did, but uh, on other occasions, but you know, he was very proactive with his care. Mark, my buddy uh, was very proactive with his care. And so um, the, the name comes from twilight, which is 18 degrees below horizon. Twilight happens twice a day. And as a photographer, cinematographer, it is one of the most beautiful, um, light to shoot in because everything is so covered, soft shadows, the, everything is just, it's, it's beautiful. And it happens right after the darkest of night. And then you hit twilight. And so 18 degrees below horizon is where the sun is during twilight. And, I just I hope that people will wait until that morning light hits them and then be a little more positive. Don't give up in the darkest of night. Call somebody, get help and don't give up. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's really amazing when you talked about the core and you talk about your your son and other people who are um, very cognizant of what they how much they can and cannot take. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really getting to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're, you know, not emotionally as healthy as you would like to be, that's really knowing yourself, and that's how you can save yourself. 
Yes, and definitely. Save yourself, save yourself until twilight and continuing on for another day. I think that's that's very awesome. That shows a lot of strength and a lot of growth um, in the people that you mentioned. Mm. Um, I think that's amazing. So, yeah, I, I for one, I mean, I, I don't know what I would have said to Robin Williams if I bumped into him, but I was so, <laughs> so such an admirer of him. Yeah. He, uh, he made me laugh just thinking about him. He's just, uh, I mean, all the way back from, you know, Mork and Mindy. Right. And, um, <laughs> I remember <you> know. <laughs> that. Nanu, nanu. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nanu, nanu. He was just amazing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and so. he, what I, one of the many things that I admired about him was the fact that he could be in, like, you've seen his stand up, raunchy. I mean, like, beyond yes. compare. But yet, then he could be a guest on Sesame Street and be just as funny without any profanity, no raunch nothing and it just that takes so much talent i've seen whoopi goldberg do the same thing and let me tell you uh back when uh my ex-wife used to watch the view and those those women annoy me anyway but i i would admire the way whoopi goldberg would keep her calm keep her cool call somebody down Mm -hmm. and uh versus uh, it just you know i have a bit too much hulk in me um so i have to let that i have to temper that you know what i mean and uh but yeah yeah, robin williams is just an extraordinary human being and uh i remember reading an article where steven spielberg when he was doing schindler's list and needless to say as a jewish man this movie is heavy i mean it's heavy for uh for me to watch but um the fact that during the filming as he's doing these you know these scenes the you know where uh the mass genocide he would call Robin Williams and say, make me laugh. And Robin Williams had come through to him. So that is a friend. And um, I'm very blessed to have those people around me, not just my wife, Michelle, but uh, Mark and Vanel and Gabe and Jake and and a a little group that I can call and say, oh, man, I'm having a really, really, really bad day. And, um, you know, there's no judgment. Um, You know, sometimes uh, we'll wind up calling each other and whoever calls, you know, like if I call Jake or call Mark, and then uh, Mark just goes in to tell me how bad his day is, and I feel better about mine. Sometimes it's just some comedy like that, you know. So, <laughs> but they're but they're there for me, which is good. Yeah, absolutely, uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, friends, friends and family, um, both. But friends, you know, it's it's hard to come by because when you when you have things going on, it's like everybody has issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have things going on in your life. You hear from people, they, you know, sometimes you get the feeling that they don't want to hear about the negative stuff. Um, just <laughs> right. tell me all about the, the good stuff. And then you have that friend who just want to hear about the negative stuff. They don't want to hear about the good stuff. Right. So you have to, yeah, you have to make sure you balance that out in your, in your life. Um, right. So you can be around those people that, you know, friends is give and take. Yeah. Give and take. Uh, and, you know, it's, um, it, you, know you were saying, um, you know, those people who just love the drama. And you have to be careful what oh. you accept as yeah. your identity because there are people who are the victims just because that's all people want to hear about. And they're encouraged yeah. to be more of the victim instead of being the victor and stepping away from that kind of stuff. And and some people are in awful situations and they cannot easily just, hey, you know what? I'm in New York and I the people I'm living with are horrendous. I'm just going to walk out and be done. Good luck with that because exactly. you're prob- they're, everybody's counting on your one sixth, uh, you know, to, to pay the bills and you're going to be homeless now. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's, or you, you look at some of the abusive, uh, you know, husband and wife dynamics where, you know, the Mm -hmm. husband or the wife, I've seen both cases where they're being abused, but yet they can't just leave. There's kids in the mix or, 
Um, you know, it's they they're not able financially because the other the abusive spouse is the one who works and brings in the income. So, yeah, it's it's tough situations like that that uh, make, you know, sometimes it's, you know, well, grow up, move out, whatever. No, it's some some of those uh, those suggestions just do not work. You have to you have to slowly evolve out of those bad situations. Mm-hmm. Hey, I used to um, work with the domestic violence um, shelter, and it's very difficult for people to leave. And most of the time, it was easier when they were the women were just a woman um, or the man. In a few of those cases, because I'm talking about 30 years ago, but when there were children involved, um, there seemed to be a lot more difficulty in leaving. And you know, I never believed anyone stay in any type of abusive relationship. And so what we always would share is asking that parent to talk to their children and um, get an idea of what vicarious trauma is. It's just because that child isn't being verbally or physically abused mm-hmm. that when they're witnessing that abuse and you go through that, then you're allowing your child to be just as, if not more so, traumatized than you are. Right. Because they're now being traumatized and they can't do anything about it and they don't even understand it. It's so confusing. And so a lot of um, mothers were gaining strength and fathers um, gaining strength in knowing that it wasn't just for them that they were leaving. They weren't being selfish by leaving, that they were being selfish by staying. Right. Um, you know, so it makes it a little bit easier because once you get out, you'll see that um, I'm talking about a person in an abusive relationship. Once you step back away from the relationship, you you can see better. You know, you can't see clear when you're in there and thinking that I've got to, I can't get out. I've got to take it really, really slow. Well, yes, you have to be smart because that could be a dangerous situation. Right. But if you take a step back, to look at it, you'll you'll find there's more people around that can help you um, get out of that and get to safety than you than you think. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in our domestic violence population people still think they're alone yeah. still think it's just them it's ha- not happening to anyone else so um a lot of our depression stems from those relationships as well it's really sad mm-hmm. and two i think yeah. um you know a lot of times if you're silent about the abuse you take then it almost uh you you are telling your kids that you agree with the treatment that you're receiving exactly. and so then exactly. you know some some male or female you I mean your kids are going to grow up and then have dysfunctional relationships and i think that's the one thing that um you know everybody wants a parenting book and and mm-hmm. hey that would be awesome to have a universal parenting book and it doesn't exist but um you know, there, there is no true right or wrong. I, I think, you know, it's almost like a balancing act and you try too hard to not be your parents and you either become them or you become the polar opposite and your kids are then rebounding. And it's like a, it's everything is chained together. And so, um, again, I think, you know, if people could could um, be encouraged to find themselves. Don't live for anybody else. Don't try to be, you know, well, my dad wants me to be the football star that he never was or whatever. Take all that pressure off you. What do you want to do? Well, I'd really like to be a ballerina. Okay, then find a way to be that ballerina, you know? Um, If it was, you know, I mean, it because I think, too, um, you know, it's, I remember back 20 years ago, um, you know, men were doctors and women were nurses, right? No, it's, it should never have been that way. And it wasn't that way across the board, but that's human perception. Same thing with, and I will be so politically incorrect, but the stewardess, because I know there's a more PC <laughs> term for that on the airplane, but it's like, you know, hey, that's where the chicks hang out because the men fly the plane. Not anymore. You right. know, anybody can be anything. Just set your mind to it and find a way. Don't be satisfied to just 
you know, give up or, and a lot of times people will discourage you from doing what you're passionate about, either because, oh, well, you're a big manly guy. You should be linebacker, not ballerina, but ballerina is my passion. So, you know, I mean, like it, it's, don't take someone else's uh, naysay to heart, follow your heart, follow exactly. your dreams. And, you know, and, and sometimes it will be a hobby versus a source of income, but at least you, you have that sense of completion. Like you are where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know um, back when. Um, uh huh. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to give this analogy that came to me one night. I was uh, having a. We were. I was texting back and forth with my yoga instructor, and this was years ago. But um, anyway, I didn't really like where I was, right, in in life. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to to move forward. I was getting over the separation, heading towards divorce. And I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being here. It just feels like a grind. And now this shows old school right here. Vinyl. Uh, for those people who don't know what a vinyl record is, I'm sorry. You won't get this. But she said, look, you know what? You're, you have this album that is your life. And the needle is in the groove of a song that you need to learn from. So just relax and let the vibrations go through the needle and carry you through that song because there's another song waiting. But yet that song, the next song, won't be as important or momentous if you don't make it through the current song that you're in. So just thought I'd throw that out Mm -hmm. because, you know, it is moments. I think at times um, I lose track of the the fact that we are in this moment and I should enjoy it. And that's one of the, the blessed things that I have with Michelle is Michelle's always there to remind me, hey, you know what? This is this is the moment where you and I go do something or or whatever. But I mean don't let what is not gonna bother you until Monday bother you on a Friday evening. Let's go have fun. Let's go escape or whatever. And it's uh it's tough sometimes, but yet that's one of the best things that I've learned from Michelle is just relaxing and enjoying each moment as an independent kind of ball of time. Mm-hmm. I always um I mean I like that because my theory is always you are where you are supposed to be doing exactly what you're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing. And if you can tell yourself that no matter how the pendulum sways, mm-hmm. you'll be able to do what you need to do and mm-hmm. not be so about things because things happen. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times I was uh, either running late or couldn't make something <laughs> and felt very bad about the situation. And later on, I found out that there was either a car accident or mm-hmm. something else happened right. that I avoided um, by you know being pushed to do something that was out of my control. Right. But it was the best for me. So. Mm-hmm. I, I love that theory of organized chaos. Everything has a purpose, uh, even the, the good and the bad. Yeah. And um, there have been some fortuitous moments where I met people that helped me forward my career um, that I wouldn't have met if I'd been on time, you know? <laughs> and so anyway, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an oddity in that as a movie director, I understand, um, you know, I, I understand political hierarchy on the set and what needs to happen and and why people need to be where they're supposed to be when they deliver certain lines under certain lights with the camera at a specific angle. 
And um, so I've exactly. always kind of looked at what I've gone through as, you know, each of us have our own movie. And in my movie, I'm the star. And now you are an active <laughs> participant in my movie. You know what I mean? But, Nicola, you have your own movie going on. And now I'm an extra or whatever in, in your movie, right? But it, everything happens for a purpose. And you don't want to stop that movie until its completion. You know, until the grand finale, all three acts are done. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then you ride off into the sunset or whatever the ending of your movie is. But, I mean, like, there is something satisfying about a great movie. And if everyone lives their lives true to themselves, then... I feel like you've got a great movie in the making. Don't give up before the end. Yes. Mm-hmm. I always um, take it every day you know, with a, a bunch of cliches here, but uh, for a reason, <laughs> season of a lifetime. <laughs> so when you meet people, you meet people, you, that you, people that you don't even want to get to know, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I ran into them, and I hope I never, never see them again. But for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, yes, that's how things happen, and that's what you need. Mm-hmm. That helps you hold on to things you need to hold on to. That helps you let go of things that are not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that lets you understand why some things may, not, may have to change. So. Mm-hmm. Just uh, a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> let it go. Mm-hmm. So, um, getting back to the podcast, although we really never left it, but um, everyone who's listening to this, if you have a topic that you would like to hear us discuss, um, then please email us at the incredibly long Gmail. Uh, it's one eight is an eighteen, and then everything else is spelled out. So it's eighteen degrees below. The Horizon podcast. So anyway, it's really long. One of these days we'll have a website and you can just click. So anyway, once you finally get to that really long URL, I know, but we'll, we'll work on that. But, um, (laughs) but the, uh, if you have any, and you can, you can tweet at us. I'm super easy at John Fouts, Nicola. I can't remember if you gave your, uh, Twitter handle or not. And then of course there's also 18 degrees below, which is the Twitter handle for the podcast, but you can tweet at us. We can, we'll interact with you, whatever, um, you know, but it's, you know, one of the things that I think would be kind of cool to talk about, um, since marrying Michelle, we have a blended family. We both came together with four kids apiece, right? And the older two, um, on both sides, we have four that have moved on. They live on their own. Um, so we still have four, three of them that are living with us. Uh, my youngest, uh, lives with my ex during the week, long story short, but my whole point is, um, that has been an experience and a half. And I don't know if there's a book out there that would have helped me out in being prepared. But I mean, the fact that Michelle and I have known each other since high school and periodically quite serendipitously, we would cross paths over the years. Right. So we were never really, I mean, like we never forgot about each other and, um, even our kids, our older kids, they were in high school together. They went through driver's ed together. And then the common love of movies and video games and just the way all our kids were raised, it's really, it's awesome the way they blended so easily, but still there was the issue of, you know, like Michelle and I raised them very similarly, but still there were certain things that I expected from my kids that she didn't expect from hers and vice versa. And so, you know, there's, there's all these rough edges that just have to be, you know, worked out and polished out and it's an ongoing thing. And I love my life, but you know, if so there, there's a topic I'd like to talk about, you know, at some point, um, you know, so anybody else have any ideas? So it can be about life. It can just be about finding yourself. Um, you know, how do you know if you're on the right track? which I don't even know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, all right. I do want to put my information out there because I think I um, that's when I had a, a mishap with my brain. <laughs> but <okay>. um, <laughs> <laughs> for Twitter, um, you can get me at Dr. Felton, comma PhD at Felton, capital N L H C W. That's Dr. Felton, comma PhD at Felton N L H C W. That's my Twitter account. You can also hit me up on my Facebook. That's Felton International Coaching, and the same thing. My website, Coaching. I think I gave my email out to you, which is nlhcw um, at comcast.com. So I do want to take a second. I don't say my email very often, mm-hmm. um, but I think it would be good to share here. Uh, John, I so appreciate you because you're so open. So, uh, But anyway, NLHCW is um, Nicola LaFont's Harry Charles Woods. <laughs> and um, the last part of it, the HCW, Harry Charles Woods was actually an uncle of mine. He was a sergeant major in the um, Army, and he fell uh, victim to domestic violence, um, mm. and he lost his life. And he was um, just someone who just really inspired me. He had achieved so much in his life, and just to think that as a, as a male, he suffered so much. So I've had that email address now for probably about 15 years mm. in honor of of him so when i see it I, i'm just a, it's a constant reminder of uh, males not just females suffer abuse mm-hmm. but just the strength of this person um we were stationed overseas together and he was actually the commander um of his unit uh and commanded you know hundreds of um troops and it's just amazing to know what he was actually going through and no one knew about it so it's just one of those you know one of those things he um inspired my uh, book, actually, Friendly Fire, A Pyrrhic Victory, which is a victory won at all costs, which was um, his death. Um, my book was dedicated to him, but just um, just about domestic violence and things that people go through and, mm-hmm. and struggle and suffer on their own, um, you know, how to have that mask. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's and you my know, info. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And, you know, I think some people see abuse as well. He or she isn't physically abusing me, but verbal abuse, I think in ways is even worse because like a bruise, unless you're just broken, um, you know, the bruise will heal. Maybe you'll have a scar, but there's something about wounding your spirit that keeps you from moving forward. It, it, it creates this cage and really holds you back and really anything that hurts you is abuse. And people, I, I remember, uh, you know, I mean, I grew up in the church um, and uh, later on found books on Buddhism and read that. And that kind of helped explain some of the scriptures that I really didn't get in the Bible. And then too, um, it really taught me a lot about the code of respect and honor. And I realize it's a little different through the interpretation when you, you know, you go over to Japan, but, um, but still, I mean, like to respect and honor each other, you know, so that even mm-hmm. if it's, um, you know, if there's something that belongs to Michelle, for example, and she just loves like this lamp that's sitting right in front of me, um, I don't want to destroy it. Even if I don't like it, I don't want to destroy it because it means something to her and therefore it means something to me. But the respect and honor just kind of transcends and moves. And so if you treat everybody with honor and respect, there's not going to be that kind of abuse. And if I hurt Michelle's feelings, then it's not, I, I'm not meaning to, and I will apologize. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, cause stuff happens. I, I'm, I can be quite a cantankerous grump at times and, um, I don't mean to hurt people's feelings, but sometimes it, what I say comes across wrong or whatever. And, um, but th- to have somebody to say, Hey, you know what? That's that, 
that stepped on a trigger that hurt my feelings or whatever. And for me to be able to apologize and the same thing when they step on my triggers, as we all go through life, we have these life experiences, both good and bad. So sometimes a trigger will, uh, you know, ignite something pleasurable, like, wow, this is great. I haven't, you know, uh, going back to Disney or walking on the beach or whatever. And then sometimes it's something very awful. And um, to have those people surrounding you or have a therapist you can talk to or whatever to help you get get these triggers kind of dug up and dealt with so that they don't have that much power in, in your life. Exactly. exactly. And going back to, uh, you know, it's I'm involved as the director of a movie called Two Nations, and we're slowly gathering the financial support. And Ben came to mind, and he's been very outspoken on Facebook and Twitter that he was abused. He was in an abusive relationship that he's now out of, and he's healing from it. And I admire people that will step up, because he is uh, a media challenger. I mean, like, there was a... um, uh, It's Whitesboro, New York, and uh, Ben looked at their logo, and it was a white guy choking out a Native American, and supposedly they were wrestling. And you people can't see me do the invisible quotes, but it was awful. It was racist, and the people of Whitesboro just kind of said, "Well, that's been our logo, or you know, our, that's that's been there forever." And he challenged it by saying, "Hey, this is offensive to me and my people. You say that the Indian was a friend of the white guy." You don't remember his name. You have no context for it. And it just looks like he is on the attack and choking out the the Native American. So anyway, Ben said, look, I'm a a graphic designer. I will, um, you know, I'll, I'll be glad to redesign your logo for free. Just it bothers me. And so the respect and honor side of me was going, how could these people say, oh, well, you know, Native Americans are our friends, but we don't care about your feelings. You know, I mean, that was what I took. So I took it personal. So I was very glad that, um, you know, that Ben sat down and talked with um, the the um, the mayor. And uh, he also, you know, talked on The Daily Show and just, you know, talked to the media. But it was always very calm. It's not angry. It's just this needs to change because it is it's it's you know, it bothers my people. So it's really, really cool. But my whole point is. Here is this guy who was way out in the public spotlight, but doesn't mind sharing where he came from. And I just think that is that's liberating for all the people who are in those bad situations where they can say, hey, you know what? I'm not alone. And my mom used to always come up with these stories like if whatever, if I fell down and busted my knee or whatever as a kid. Oh, you know what? Your friend so-and-so just did this last week or whatever. And that was supposed to make me feel better. And back in the day, it really didn't. But I think for those people who are hurting to know that other people are hurting too, not to be apathetic in any way, but to just say, wow, I'm not alone. I'm not going through this all by myself. And then you can try to find help and move forward. So as you've noticed, Nicola, I jump all over the place. <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed that. Being your therapist would be very difficult. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Once I leave, my therapist has a stiff drink, right? <laughs> but you know, and or at least at least ice in her water. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. H two O on the rocks. So, but <laughs> but and for for those people who know me from or or research John Fouts. Uh, you can find me on IMDb and see all the different movies. You can go to my website. Uh, it's uh, foutstudios.com. See my show reel. Find out about my voiceover, all this different stuff. But if you happen to stumble upon Waxing Cinematic, 
it is a completely different beast than this show. This show is, um, it, it's just, it, it has a different heart. Uh, Waxing Cinematic is a very fun podcast. As Nicola will tell you, it is, uh, quite raunchy at times. And, uh, <laughs> and Nicola, you were, in the military, so you probably heard some uh, raunchy profanity. But anyway, and it's not that Jake and I tried just to be, you know, infants or toddlers or whatever. But we are passionate about movies, so sometimes we use expletives as, you know, uh, sentence enhancers, if you will. So anyway, I don't want someone listening to this and going, "Wow, I want to hear it waxing cinematic," and then you go down the road with your kids in the car and then want to fire a, a really mean email at me. So I just thought I'd give that disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is a very different baby. So yeah. Yeah. there you can actually um, find a whole lot of uh, uh, Navy talk, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Marine Corps, so, yes, we heard a, yeah. heard a lot of things. So, yeah, a little shock and awe. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's good. I, I was still able to, to listen to it and um, you can appreciate it. But no, it's... it's um, you have a disclaimer there for children? Oh, so. yes. Everywhere there is explicit content, not safe for work. Um, everything that I can possibly <laughs> click to say, hey, this is for mature audiences only. Because I won't say that we rival the movie Deadpool by any means. But there are times when uh, we probably do get on a tear. And Michelle is one of the squeakiest, clean, non-profane women I know. And uh, she is funny periodically. She'll just give me a look like, you know, I love you, but really? <laughs> so, so I get it. That's fine. You know, it's, it's one of those things. But uh, hey, now um, talking about who we are. Now, if I remember correctly, you, you are also, were you not a nun? Well, no, um, not totally. Um, I was. You know how you say everyone applauded you when you were little and kind of your creative juices, and so you kind of played them up? Mm -hmm. So I was the one who got applauded for things I really didn't want to do. Right. Um, and I think in the beginning, at 16, 17, I saw a way out, um, right. and I wanted to be a nun. I didn't want to be involved in the world. I didn't want to be a part of the world. I just wanted to to be me, and I needed to find myself. Um, and so I went to college, just like a normal person would go to college. However, I majored in religion, and um, I went through uh, things that a nun would go through until we got to the year of our silence. And I always make a joke about it, going, I just got to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but um, but it, was, it, was, it was that time um, that I realized that I wanted more. I wanted to get married, and I wanted to have a family, and I wanted to go to college, and I wanted to make a difference in the world. Um, I think what I was trying to do, mm -hmm. if I'm honest, is hide from all the things that I see in the world today, um, right. the things that, you know, somehow found me, and I had to uh, grasp and hold on to, whether helping myself or helping other people, and I think I just wanted to run away from it. Uh, but yes, um, I guess uh, ever since the word of um, wearing what I needed to wear and um, focusing on, you know, my God and my religion at the time, being Catholic, mm -hmm. you can say that I was. But I always like to take a step back and say that's what I was studying to be. But right. that year about silence, really, um, I couldn't do it. Right. I had a lot to say. I thought I didn't, but I did. <laughs> 
And it's it's interesting. Yeah. There are times when I will just get irritated because people don't they misinterpret what I'm saying, right? And um and and, yeah. and eventually after a few sentences of just I cannot get out of this whatever, you know? And yeah, there's been a couple of times where I told Michelle in particular, you know what? I'm just going to be silent for 24 hours. And that's, I can't do it because I talk a lot. But yet, you know, those thoughts did cross my mind. Just like, you know what? I quit. I am just not going to speak because everybody misinterprets me. I might as well be speaking a different language. So anyway, but mm-hmm. it, it's interesting how, um, if we allow our heart to drive or pull us towards the experiences that we are supposed to have, you do have a very um, zesty, as my uh, friend I used to work at Halogen with, um, that we do have these zesty lives. You know, it's full of spice. And then sometimes it's bland, but then sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's cold. and But it's exactly what we're supposed to experience. And without really... <laughs> just kind of letting go and trusting that that needle is in the correct groove playing the right song. Um, you never experience all this. And I don't know that you really find out who you are. Um, at one point I studied to become a minister, which anyone listening to the waxing cinematic podcast would go, what? Um, but I mean, you know, (laughs) but I mean, that was, I was, uh, the youth pastor. And I decided that I just really felt like it was time for me to step up and, uh, become a minister. And, Uh, get my credentials and all that stuff. And then uh, reading through the Bible in the original tongues, there was a lot of stuff that I wasn't hearing accurately told in the pulpit. And it bothered me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, man, now that I know this stuff, um, I don't know that anyone would want to hear what I have to say, you know, because it's a lot more love. There's there's less, um, you know, of the whole live in fear and do what I tell you to do, because really – and that was the thing that Buddhism kind of helped me discover was instead of being good because you're afraid of getting your ass kicked by God, I was I wanted to be good because that was just the easy way. That's the way God built us to be. And it was so much easier just simply being me versus second guessing and, oh, my gosh, is this right or wrong? You know what I mean? And so um, – but again, it's that evolution of uh, mind and spirit that if you're – on your path, you have these experiences. And then sometimes you do like me and um, you you tend to loop around. It's almost like being on the cloverleaf out in L.A. You know what I mean? It's like, wait, I've been here before or around D.C. where I actually went through the toll booth twice um, because I got lost. <laughs> if you can imagine such. That was before GPS. And yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But my whole point in bringing up all this stuff is that you and I are very uh, – we've had a diverse background, and Mm -hmm. I am more the entertainer. You are the doctor, you know, and yet we still have the common ground of laughter and love and uh, care and wanting to help people. And so I hope people will feel um, at home listening to this podcast. I hope that – you know, there's uh, one uh, uh, friend of mine who is also a fan of Waxing Cinematic, and uh, Rod and Karen do a podcast called The Black Guy Who Tips. Rod used to be a waiter, and not everybody tipped, but Rod, who used to be a waiter, is the black guy who tips. So anyway, Black Guy Who Tips podcast, which 
really is far raunchier than waxing cinematic. But anyway, Rod is a uh, Rod and Karen both love movies. And Rod told me mm-hmm. one time, and it was the biggest compliment. He said, "Man, I was going down the road, and you and Jake were talking about Star Wars or whatever it was." And he said, "I started answering back." And Karen looked at me like I was crazy. So anyway, I hope people have that same kind of reaction when they're listening to the podcast. And you know, remember what you say to us and tweet it, email it, um, be interactive with us because we we want to be uh, kind of. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's it's too uh, lofty an ambition to be that lighthouse, but just, you know, to be be some sort of conduit to get some sort of light into your life. Um, even if it's just a moment, a flash, uh, you know, one, one little 25-watt bulb in uh, a lamp in the middle of a dark room, at least there's something there. And um, so if we can bring any comfort, I'm I'm a happy camper. Yep. I, I agree. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Um, I hope that people will write in and give us ideas or give us comments and feedback, and we can help shape the show that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, know who your listeners are and what they're looking for and what they need, uh, even if it's a question. Yes. Um, just to, you know, kind of just do some insightful stuff. I like the whole idea of being being a light for people. Um Sometimes it'll work, sometimes it, it it doesn't, but I think if we've always got the light on, then it's up to them whether or not they want to mm-hmm. be a part of that. Yeah. Looking forward to it. What was the hotel mm-hmm. chain that that was their slogan for a while? We'll leave the light on for you. I'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nicola, this oh is... This, uh, <laughs> we'll look it up later and tweet it. It's funny. The slogans, <laughs> things stick in my mind. Some of the... Cra- it's like, you know... Spanish, I know um, some body parts. I know how to ask for Coke, beer, where's the bathroom, and then I know way too much profanity in Spanish. I don't know why. <laughs> Those are the things that stuck with me from high school, but yet there they are. So, <laughs> But, Nicola, this has been a great pilot episode. I really appreciate your time and hanging out with me. And I appreciate yeah, and and thanks again for for agreeing to be my co-host. I look forward to doing many more episodes with you, and we will start spreading the podcast around to all the different, you know, Podomatic, Spreaker. Uh, hopefully, we can get it on iHeartRadio and just really reach the planet with a little bit of uh, warm, fuzzy glow. How's that? Sounds great. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> well, Nicola, I hope you have a great Easter weekend, and I'll let you know when the podcast is on probably sometime later on today if I have uh, a moment to go ahead and edit the bookends on it. And uh, I'll send you an email, and you can check it out. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thank you again, Nicola. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nicola Felton and John Fouts. While Dr. Nicola is a psychotherapist and certified life coach, a podcast is a one-way street, so please consider this podcast for inspirational purposes only. If you feel you have mental health needs, please seek a professional therapist so that you might find your own mental wellness. Happiness is possible.